This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. And we're back on the VIP podcast, two brand new VIPs to the Virginia in Politics podcast, Dean Susan Gooden, and the honorable, the distinguished and honorable, right, the right honorable gentleman, Governor Doug Wilder. Chris, good to be with you. It's always a pleasure. I, the one thing about uh, spending time with uh, Governor Wilder over the years, I always smile. I always <laughs> laugh and I always learn. No, I'm serious. Well, for sure. You know, whenever we talk on the phone, we bump into you at a restaurant. I always come away going, "Man, what a great guy." Well, you made a kind. Yeah. Well, you and I've been very fortunate to have people remember, and uh, that means more than you could imagine. Well, um, <clears throat> sir, um, I've been in situations where I've seen uh, the very best of Virginia shine through you. Well, you made a kind. Um, Thank you very much. And uh, probably the most. Um, Memorable moment for me. Stepping back, we've always we've had our political jocularities over the, over the yeah. years. Some jokes we share, some moments. But when you were in um, the uh, the courtroom with Governor McDonald, yeah, and uh, the prosecutor, <laughs> I was sitting behind the McDonald the McDonald family, and it was it was uh, the character witnesses uh, for Bob's sentencing, and um, I was sitting behind the family, and like 10, 11 people had gone up. And had been, you know, delivered their commentary on Governor McDonald, and then it was Governor Wilder's turn. He was the only Governor Wilder was the only person to be cross-examined by the prosecutor, and I sat back and went, "Oh my God, (laughs) you're in Doug's town. (laughs) You're about to catch it (laughs) because you don't come to Doug's town and challenge Doug Wilder, (laughs) and you obliterated him to the point at which." Correct me if I'm wrong, because right. I don't think I am. The prosecutor turned to the audience because we were laughing so loudly right. and making fun of him because he had gotten the best of him. And he basically turned and said, you know, he got me. <laughs> he pretty much did. But you know what I remember from that occasion? And Judge Spencer, as you know, was a judge. And uh, it got so turned up there that the audience applauded. Oh, yeah. And Judge Spencer does not tolerate any nonsense mm-hmm. in his court. And yet he didn't correct them. That's right. He didn't stop them. He, he let it continue. Because that's the respect <laughs> that you brought to that occasion. Right. Thank you. And it was, a, it was a very weighty occasion, not just in, in uh, Virginia political history, but American political history. And it was an extraordinary moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to sit there and be a part of it with the McDonald family, and I'll never yeah. forget you, over to my right. Um, <clears throat> and when he knew, that, when that prosecutor knew, he had been beaten. Down by Doug Wilder. It was it was it was bloody. It, it, it was, was a pretty good moment. It was it was well deserved. Thank you. Sir. He earned it. Thank you very and, much. And thank you for standing up for uh, for uh, defending a friend. Very good. Uh, but let's get to the moment of the day. Uh, yes. We're talking about the Doug Wilder School for Government and Public Affairs. Your most recent poll, mm-hmm. Dean. Why don't you lead us off on, on what you discovered in the new Commonwealth poll y'all put out? Sure. Well, if I may, Chris, I'd like to say a little bit about the school first um, right because. Ahead. You know, I'm very proud to be dean of the L. Douglas Wilder School of Government and Public Affairs. We are the number one ranked public affairs program in the Commonwealth of Virginia. 
in the top 15% nationally, having moved up 21 points in the rankings over the past few years. Wow. And so the Commonwealth poll is just one of many attributes of the school that we try to engage the public, try to engage students, try to engage our faculty. So the Commonwealth Poll has been around for several years, since 2001. Let's back up. Yes. Talk about what the school does and mm -hmm. the poll, but let's, sure. let's not leave behind those good programs we were discussing before we went, went on air here, because it's very impressive Absolutely. to not only be ranked number one in Virginia, which has an extraordinary high, public higher education system mm -hmm. in itself, but to be in the top 15% nationally. Correct. Something's going in the right direction. Right, right. Well, thank you. So our academic programs include criminal justice, urban and regional planning, public administration, homeland security and emergency preparedness, and then public policy and administration. Wow. Two of our master's programs, our MPA program and our homeland security and emergency master's public administration. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. They are both online programs as well. You can do it in person or you can do it online. One of the things that we were talking about is that we have such a diverse, rich uh, cadre of students. So, for example, many of our students are mid-career students. We get we get the traditional age Define students mid too. Mid-career, mid um, they may have five to ten years of work experience. Okay. Um, many of them may be working in state government, and then they decide to come back and get their master's degree or get their PhD with us. Um, so, we draw students from not only all corners within the Commonwealth of Virginia, but across the nation as well. How many uh, is it, uh, are, are physically at the campus here in BCU, or how many are online, right. roughly? So we have about 1,000 students total, Okay. Um, and the vast majority of those are on campus um, with us because we have a large undergraduate population, as you might imagine. Mm. Um, and then we have about 300 graduate students, Okay. and um, some of them will take courses online, some of them will take courses on campus. And then with our undergraduate students, even if they're living on campus, they may opt to take some online classes as well. Now, a lot of your online, I mean, your uh, undergrads in, are they mid-career on undergrads? Our undergrad population, we have a mixture. Okay. We have some that are right out of high school, um, early career students right. who are, you know, just the traditional college age, um, first generation students, Pell Grant students. Right. Um, and then we have some who um, have been out for a few years, may have gone to community college and come or may have worked in the workforce or may just be a non-traditional student and decided to come back and get their undergraduate degree. But I think the, the regardless of the specific profile of the student, they have a strong commitment to public service and to pursuing careers in that venue. And I think that's what makes the Wilder School in particular uh, a, a great place to study. One of the things we tell, I always tell the students, look at whose name is on the building. <laughs> Governor Wilder. That leaves a huge legacy for us to try to live up to in terms of the reputation that he has set for us. Well, it's also really important for those listening to this podcast and who they'll be talking to people say there's an, this, this level of higher education is accessible oh, for your career, no matter yes. which stage you're in. It's also affordable yes. as a state institution yeah. here. And that's, and that's critical Absolutely. to getting good people into government and having them educated to do the right thing for the right reasons. Right. Absolutely. I mean, because one of the things that Governor Wilder always talks about, which also um, we employ in the school, we want to pe put people first. So we want to put our students first in terms of online, hybrid, in-person, part-time, full-time. We understand that, you know, the students come in many shapes and forms, and we're here to serve them all. Well, that's fantastic. Let's jump into the Commonwealth Poll, one of the, probably one of the great branding elements 
to the to the to the Wilder School. Sure. Uh, is it weird hearing your name as a school? I'm just putting it out there because it's usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is it is that kind of cool to walk in and see your name on the building every day? Well, you got to understand when I was in the legislature, um, Ed Willie was the chairman of the Finance Committee of Richmond, of course. And he would say, you know, we got to be very careful about uh, naming people, naming things for people who are living, mm -hmm. because you never know when they'll mess up, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have to change the name. Well, it doesn't mean it, we didn't. We do that for certain parts of the Commonwealth, yeah. and I'll never forget. And I hate to get off subject here, but it's it, it's right. just topical. Uh, a lady from back home, who served on the Commonwealth Transportation Board, called me up and said, "Chris, I want uh, this road named after me." Because she got she got it built, Libby Welsh. I know. You know, yeah. and she's a longtime dear friend. I played little league baseball against her son. You know, we always had a rivalry growing up, but she became a dear friend. I said, Libby, <laughs> I'm more than happy to help, but I don't think you are. That's right. She goes, What do you mean? I'm like, There's only one stipulation. You got to be get, dead. You got to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> so. And and on that point, Chris, I mean, even though we're thrilled that. Um, the Wilder School is named after Governor Wilder. You know, there are many other college campuses, too. You have the Wilder Library at Virginia Union. That's right. You've That's got right. Virginia State um, and at um, Norfolk State University also have buildings on campus named after Governor well, Wilder. So be, I think it that... It must be truly unique to work for an historic right. figure Absolutely. every day. Absolutely. It is. It's a privilege. That's great. Let's jump into the Commonwealth poll. Yes. Um, top line takeaways. I think the biggest one from the most recent Commonwealth poll is that Virginians, like most of folks in the United States, are questioning the return on investment relative to college education, post-secondary education. 53% of our polls, uh, the individuals that we, the respondents, indicated that they had concerns about uh, tuition across Virginia and looking at the return on investment and is it there. It has never, in previous polls, because sometimes we ask the same question, mm -hmm. it has never been that high. The highest it's been before um, is under 30%. So I think that's a real wake-up call. Um, Did you poll that in summer, the same question? Not this poll that we did um, this time was part of our winter poll. Right, right. Yes, yes, yes. But we did it. It was a few years ago yes, when we did it, because the poll's been around it. since 2001, right, right, so right, we so track you, that. Right, right. So we don't we, ask the same questions. I, would, I, mean, I, would, I mean, relative to polling, I would consider this to be a spike mm -hmm. of people not um, thinking that college tuition is worth it. That is a huge issue. That's, That's a problem. That's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. It right. is a big it's not, problem. It's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, people don't complain when they walk out of Walmart because they, they don't think they got ripped off. Like they're, you're, Chris, you're, you're, in, you're inundated, right? You're, you're going to get the return on investment. It's, it's, it's worth it. But when you come out of college and you think it's not worth it. Well, listen, we had a situation in which <clears throat> we were speaking to the VCU board of visitors, <clears throat> and I wanted to speak to something relative to what we were doing at, at our school, and there was a student preceded me and she was speaking. The president was sitting right there. The board was there, the director was there. And she said this to them. She said, I'm a student here and uh, I, I, I'm a mother. She said, I spend the better part of my day trying to find one square meal for myself, much less three. And you're talking about going up on my tuition. And she said, you can afford it. You don't have these concerns that I have. The president was sitting right there. And the tuition piece went up. 
And so when you combine what that lady was saying directly and then the questions we put in the poll and seeing the results of it, what it ultimately did, in my judgment, was cause the board to revisit raising the tuitions because the people spoke. And what we do in our poll is to try to make certain that we are what used to be put in the editorial page of the Richmond Times this past years ago when I was a boy, the voice of the people. And that's what we try to be. But I think, I think the poll demonstrates that because you're, you're showing uh, critical issues being polled and, <coughs> and not being afraid of the answer yeah. and saying it out loud. Look, you got a problem here in Virginia. The, the tuition is yeah. too high, uh, or the return on investment is not commensurate with, with the investment. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the problem. Yeah. But the return is just not there mm-hmm. in the eyes of over half of Virginians. And if I'm reading correctly, 60% of female respondents, which is the, which is the majority yeah. of college attendees. And yes. so all these, all these moms yeah. out there are going, it's not worth it, guys. Right. That's exactly right, Chris. And another important demographic was the population between 35 and 54 and those are the folks that are most likely to have college-aged children. Yeah. And paying off debt themselves. Yeah. Exactly. And paying off debt themselves. Um, I want to jump into that a little bit more because it, that's a huge issue. I mean, you're, not, just, not just the raw nature of that one, but when you talk about the partisan politics and where the votes are lining up, you know, college-educated women are trending towards the Democratic Party, uh, less than college-educated uh, folks are trending towards the Republicans. There's been an inversion over right. the last decade or so. Um, but in the, in the press release y'all put out, uh, Governor Wilder says the poll results reflect a seeming increase in the disconnect or distrust between leadership and the people, and it's not partisan. Couldn't agree with you more uh, with, the, with what they're saying, because um, one of the things that we have found is the lack of people involvement. The people feel that notwithstanding how we regard things, notwithstanding what we elect you to do, you do what you're going to do anyway. And so our poll gives us an opportunity to say to to us at the school, to say to the general public, and to say to the legislature. And that's why I like the name, the Commonwealth Poll. Look at what the people are saying. We're not saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not manufacturing the answers. But we want to make certain that the questions that we put forth are not relating to party, not relating to race, not relating to anything else. And I can tell you that from my experience in the years that I've been involved in public life, the people are always ahead of the leaders, always, because they feel it. Whatever is happening at an issue that we speak of affects them to the extent that they feel it. It's not a matter of how you feel about it, what you think about it. Yeah. It affects them. And when, <laughs> though, who was the Bill Clinton, I feel your pain, mm-hmm. that got him over because what he was saying, I understand what you're trying to say to me. And uh, what we do in our poll is we're not trying to paint a picture. We're trying to paint the truth. Well, and that's and, and these should be guiding elements for policymakers yeah. who should be looking at your poll and going <clears throat> deep into it because when they do a campaign poll, there's a difference between academic polls and campaign Absolutely. polls. Yes, because campaign polls, as you as you well know and remember, yes, sir. Uh, chart a path towards victory, yeah. and not necessarily a reflection of what the the broad populace wants. And so, what and I like about academic polls. Um, 
is their ability to not get into the politics per se, the partisan politics, but paint a broader picture of what's going on writ large. And what I like about the Commonwealth poll is that you, you don't mess about, you, you get right to it, and you're able to sum up what's, what's really happening as a, more of a, a flashing light, like, hey, folks, this might not be showing up in your poll, but this is what people are talking this about. This is what's on the ground. And exactly. that's critical. The poll operates as a bridge between the people and policymakers and political leaders. And it's an opportunity for everyday Virginians to voice their opinion and share their opinions, and then we can look at those trends. And in terms of the rigor of the poll, um, it has been nationally recognized in 2020. It was one of the CNN election polls for the presidential election. Okay. And so I think that speaks to the respect of the poll, uh, the methodology and its findings. And the integrity. And, and the integrity. Well, also because it's Virginia, we're a bellwether of all bellwethers. This is election nerd Disneyland. We do this every year. It never <laughs> stops. I mean, isn't it? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, 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 it's just like, is this, what's going on in Virginia? Seriously? It's an election yeah. year. Another, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, because we're job. awake. <laughs> it's an election year. But um, it, you, you polled adults. You don't do likely voters, registered voters, but do you have cross tabs in your poll that people can look at registered voters oh, yes. as well? Okay. We put our data out here okay. so that others can do secondary analysis. Okay. Um, so we, you know, faculty members, students, policymakers, we share our findings and we, you know, pull together and synthesize key findings. Right. But we make this data available. All of our previous polls are there. They're on the website. They can be downloaded. So the idea is that this information is accessible to everyone, to the public. The, um, moving to the, uh, the issue of crime, that's been uh, a larger issue in the world of the United States and politics as well. D do you draw any connection between, uh, or can you, from your data, between crime and education? Oh, of course. Those people who are exposed to education in a crime-free atmosphere do better. Uh, the teachers who don't have to worry about their own safety uh, as it relates to some student shooting them or somebody, um, some marauder patrolling the grounds, the, the, those areas do better. So the question is, how do we improve uh, public safety in the community, which does, in effect, help with the schools. And when you see the breakdown in public safety, it affects the schools. When you take a city like the city of Richmond, when you've got three police chiefs in one week, mm, and right. the mayor who's not having anything to do with schools as such, but the police do. And when you have the agents of the school system being a part of that enforcement, it's all together. So education of public safety is so important. That's what happened in the last, as you saw, election in Virginia. Public safety mm -hmm. and crime. And people are saying that uh, we want order in our classrooms. We want respect in our classrooms, respect for teachers, and respect for each other, the students. And who's going to enforce it? Right, that's hard. Yeah, so when you call upon the people from the police department or the people within the school system, if they are not working together, you're not going to have an effective system. There has to be that cohesive it has to be. Uh, element to it. it, it further, uh, Governor Wilder, you say the poll reflects that more needs to be done by leadership, administrative, legislative, and gubernatorial to address the salient issues that are being borne by the people in the Commonwealth 
this is one I've underlined, the voters are looking for leadership to produce results for all Virginians. Is, is, is that where the disconnect and the lack of trust is? It's just not the results just aren't there right now? I agree. That's where it is. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not a respect to the parties, no race. There's a failure of leadership. Now, you know, it's, it's easy for people to say, well, yeah, you say that now because you've been involved all these years and now you're criticizing us. No, I'm not criticizing you at all. I'm speaking for the people. I'm telling you what I hear when I go to the stores, when I go to the restaurants, when I do my shopping. People come up to me because they feel they can talk to me first. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they tell me exactly what's on their minds, and they'll say, we know how old you are, but can't you come back? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to, to, be, to be fair and frankly um, subject or objective here, you were a leader in Virginia, you, you, you bucked the party, you were known as an independent, dare I say, maverick. Right. Um, you know, when we were talking offline before you got here about the Mark Warner's tax increase in 2004, you didn't support it? No. You didn't support it? No. Um, I got some funny stories there on that one. Uh, but you know, and, and this is where people trust leaders who speak their own mind but listen to the people at the same time. Yeah. And if people, if, if, you can't, if you can't acknowledge the problem, how are you going to find a solution? And that's what we want our poll to do, to show that this is a true reflection right. of the people. Not, we don't represent any entity. We don't represent those who would say, well, we're going to support the school, we're going to give money for, for what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't influence any polling that we do. Right. So we're not res uh, a respecter of causes to the extent of re not reflecting the interest of the people. Right. Now, we spend time looking over the questions, taking the time to see if they are relating, if people at all levels understand what we are saying. Simplify the language. Don't use legal terms. Don't use uh, political terms. Make it simple. Make right. it plain. Right. Because when you pick up the phone and someone asks you a question, you have you can't go down these long no, paragraphs. you can't. You can't go down like multi-sentence paragraph no. questions. And see, look how difficult it is for you and I, or you and me to sit here and talk about uh, a yes or no answer to something. These are difficult, these are difficult questions. Yeah, and yet, things. that's what a poll is. Right. Yes or no. Right, 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 <laughs> right. That's exactly what it comes down to. Let's talk about some of our political leaders uh, that you all polled on. Uh, President Joe Biden's come up in the yes. last bit uh, since your, your, your summer poll to the winter poll uh, significantly in Virginia. So what, was the, what, do you, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think, you know, both Biden and Youngkin, because we ask about at the presidential level yeah. and at the state <clears> level, <throat> Um, both are polling favorably with Virginians. I think there are a number of interpretations there. I think and to some degree, and I know uh, this is not what politicians want to hear necessarily, but to well, some degree, slowly and loudly. <laughs> so, but to some degree, I think people like the idea that there's um, shared governance, that there's yeah. not just right. one right. party in power. Um, I also think that it speaks to, and I think this speaks to, you know, I'm a native Virginian, um, as is, of course, Governor Wilder. I think this speaks to, for Virginians, um, those bread and butter table issues are things that are going to resonate with people. Whether you're talking about uh, college loans or whether you're talking about grocery store tax or any of those types of things, and I think um, both 
President Biden and Governor Yunkin have been successful in that regard in terms of really being able to narrow in on you know, infrastructure issues, some of the issues that people are most concerned about. Yeah, I think and it was telling, and did you watch the State of the Union the other night? Yes. Mm -hmm. It was telling that when Biden was going to the President of the United States, was going down his list of things he was going to work on, he was talking about resort fees, mm -hmm. cable television bills, uh, airplane tickets. I'm like, really? This is, what, this, this is how granted our politics is getting, isn't it? That they, people are upset about these things, and they yeah. expect someone to do something about these things. But I'm yeah. going, I would have never have run on resort fees or, or, well, maybe cable television in my house district. But has politics changed that much that this is what we're getting to now? I think several things, and, and that is many times the leaders are not really aware of what the, what the interests of the people are. One of the things I like about Virginia, and we've seen it happen, Virginia is not a southern state. Uh, it's been moving to what they would call an Atlantic coastline state. But it's more of, of, lot, of a middle state. But here, we are right at the nation's capital. Mm -hmm. We are, are right at Washington, D.C. But we are also right at the shipyards. We, we make the stuff. We're right at Langley. We're headquarters of the, for the FBI and things. Mm -hmm. So we are a centerfold piece for America. Mm -hmm. And I think it's reflected in the I poll. Like when, I like that term. Yeah, when you hear that when people speak, they speak from experiences that describe what's going on right here with all of the avail mm -hmm. that we have. We're right close to Washington. Can't you do any better? <laughs> right, right, right. We're, right. <laughs> We're supposed to be doing yeah, it better. In Richmond, we're the, in, in, in the capital. Right. Can't we do any better? And that's why I've said, and we'll continue to say it, that I feel the governor uh, has a responsibility with education as well as crime in the capital city. And I would hope that he would understand, and I would speak to him about it, that you, you, you've got to set the example here. And the be what better way to do it than to show what's being done in the city of Richmond? And I, I, go ahead. completely agree with you, Governor. And the, the nexus between education and crime is so critical, especially oh for a goodness. capital city. Yes. And I had dinner last night with the current mayor ah. uh, of, of, of Richmond, uh, Lavar Stoney, who I've had on the podcast as well. Um, and we've talked about education and the various choices or lack thereof in our educational system. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. But when we look at the... Well, I'll tell you what, that's a hole that people want to see you go down. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I tried to go down there 20 years ago when I was in the house I and I got, got my brains call, kicked in. <laughs> I got a call this morning and, and I, had to, took, I couldn't get off the line. This man speaking about how bad things are in Richmond's educational system. They're bad. Well, bad, bad. We, had a, we had a bill this year, education savings accounts, that would allow students to go to a different school or get more um, uh, tutoring, uh, uh, access different uh, educational choices. Right. Should we go down that more robustly? And let's, I, I, I'll, let's call them a Wilder scholarship, if that'll get you to, <laughs> to go there. You know, I think that's an opportunity for a lot of folks that they don't have because you know, we have people who can, if they're rich, you can go to any school you want to. You can move to any neighborhood you want to and go to a good public school, yeah. right? And that's yeah. a problem because LeVar Stoney said last night, a lot of people are moving into the city, but they're not sending their kids to the, the public schools. Why? They're, okay. But that, 
He has a responsibility to say why. He has a responsibility to demand of the Richmond School Board. You see, one of the problems with education politically, and when they advocated that school boards be elected, not uh, appointed, oh, it was good to bring more diversity. But are you bringing expertise mm -hmm. when you do that? Do you sacrifice something in that regard? So who selects the school superintendent? The school board. The elected school boards. Right, elected school boards. And many of those people have very little experience in governance, mm -hmm. very little experience in curriculum, very little experience in knowing what a budget is and how to do it. Then you have the city council, or oh, they have the education committee the Public Safety Committee, and then you have the mayor involved with all of that, but he's not in charge of what's taking place with education, but he can influence it. The difficulty in Richmond is compounded by lack of direct leadership availability to the people. I had on uh, last week the uh, chairman of the Virginia Parole Board, uh -huh. <laughs> Chad Dodson, a uh, yeah. uh, retired circuit court judge, and I said, okay, you've been a prosecutor, you've been uh, general district judge, you've been a circuit court judge, and now you're on the pro board. You see case after case after case. Something has to create a word bubble here that what is the problem? And he said it's to break down the family. Yeah. The continual breakdown and erosion of the family because we, you can't rely on police to police your kids yeah. all the time. You, yeah. you, there has to be, you know, those, the parents at home or in, at least what he was describing, you know, that, that element of uh, an inhibitor on bad behavior. Yeah. And that's what, that's when it gets out of control, bad things happen. Right. And it becomes criminal in its element. Um, is that something you can poll? And how difficult would that be? Chris, we can poll on any topic. And as the governor said, we can and we do. Now, I think relative to education, I think one thing that we always have to be careful of, it's usually not, the problems that we have are not tracked back to one single thing. Right. So for example, you mentioned family composition and going back to the Monaghan report and before there had been lots of discussion about the role of family. Donald Monaghan, when he talked about the breakdown of the family oh, okay, okay, several okay. years ago. And so, you know, but there's a role and responsibility for everyone. There's a role for the parents. There's mm -hmm. a role for government. There's a role for school. There's a role for elected officials. And I think everybody goes under the microscope, not just parents. Of course. And that's, I think, to, to Governor Wilder's uh, point, they all have to work together. Absolutely. Have to. You have to work together to surround a child with love and instruction and discipline mm -hmm. and focus and a future and a hope in a future. Say, look, you just can't go, okay, off you go now. Sure. You, you have and to so give these then, kids a plan. Then, right. then it has to be followed through. Okay, right. so the poll shows this. This is Here's the benchmark. Right. And they're, they're not working together. Okay, so then what do you do? Vote them out. Right. Get them out. Put them out. Whatever it takes to replace, do it. Because we are heading to what I consider a civil revolution in this country. Uh -oh. We're heading to a p p point where people are saying, pox on both your houses. We need leadership. We are, we, need... are we at that point? We're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. It's, it's, you know, 1968, 1992, right. elections that you're very familiar with. Yes. There was a generational shift. Right. Generational leadership changes. And we had third-party elements come in right. and really shake up the, the, the quote-unquote establishment. Couldn't agree more. But we are at a point where uh, they'll say, okay, we tried right. what you suggested. 
We listened to what you said, but we're still having difficulty. Why is Richmond School Division at the bottom of the states? We're at the bottom. You do know that. Charles City at the bottom. Petersburg at the bottom. Why? Is it a result of money? No. I can tell you, in Richmond, we were spending $92 million more than the state average. And still, at the bottom. You know where we are now, don't you? At the bottom. And we've been at the bottom for years. And whose fault is that? The parents? No. It's the leadership. And that's the revolution that I'm speaking of. Okay. So, um, one of the big changes in Virginia law was to go from appointed school boards to elected school boards. Right. And I talk offline to people and I think it's a disaster. I did not support it to the extent of saying, let's do it. I said, if the public wants to do it, if they vote by referendum to do it, I support it. And that's what we have. That's right, we have. Unfortunately, is it working? No, because let's assume you're interested in going into government or politics. People are being told, you know, you ought to start at the school board. Start at the school. Mm. We need the better minds at the school board. We need trained people at the school. We need people who've been legislators. You should end there. You should retire exactly. from the General Assembly and go back to the exactly. school board. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what good, I'm talking good, about. Good capstone on your on your political career is go back I, to the I, school I board. I put all the caps off and put on my story. <laughs> that's, right. that's fun. That's fun. Let's uh, let's go back to the, to the leadership question here. Joe Biden, uh, favorable, unfavorable, positive, five points. Glenn Youngkin. Uh, positive 20 points, favorable, unfavorable. That's that's pretty good news for the uh, the governor. Right. And, you know, I think another thing that our poll tracks, and I think sometimes we don't give this enough attention, is commonality of viewpoints across partisan okay. categories, whether you're Democrat or Republican. We started off by talking about education and the return on investment. Our poll also found that Republicans and Democrats both favor increased funding for historically black colleges and universities. That was something that there was shared support for. Right. Um, you know, uh, the Richmond Times-Dispatch today was talking about the shared support for literacy and mental health uh, financing. So I think one of the things, and I think this is uh, supported by the media and you know, it makes money, divisiveness sales. Oh, you, know? you picked up on that. And you so, you know, and so, but we, it, but the problem is that that's not necessarily a reflection of what is true. Right. Governor Wilder said our poll paints the truth. And the truth is that there is a lot more agreement on many issues yeah. and our poll consistently demonstrates that. And we send that out. So we're not right. only looking at where are the differences, right. we're looking at also where is the consensus and I think people are very quick to sort of gloss over that because let's get to the, the juicy part. Let's get to the part of where of there's... It leads, it leads, but right? the juicy part, if we're going to be a strong society, are the points of commonality. Well, let's talk about those. What commonalities did you find in your, in your poll or are you polling to find? <laughs> right. So again, I mentioned the HBCU piece. Right. I mentioned, we talked about the support for um, Biden and for Yunkin and the leadership support. Um, we've had, when we, we uh, did a lot of polling around vaccine hesitancy, our poll was a big piece of that in terms of when people felt comfortable with the vaccines. And we saw a lot of commonality across Democrats and Republicans. So there are issues that sometimes we want to take a part of an issue and blow that up 
you know, and I think we also need to look at, and I think our poll does that. We try to, again, share that data so people can see that. Um, and we, we try to um, uh, put that in our written documents as D well. Does your poll show that people support when leaders work across the aisle to get things done in a, in a bipartisan manner? Have you polled that? We have not polled on that specific question. Okay. But we have asked about, um, when we ask about specific issues that we might think are, as you mentioned, where we may think there is going to be right. divisiveness right. and it, it doesn't hold as much. Yeah, because like every time I went home from the legislature, people would stop me at the grocery store, the ball game, whatever, and say, all y'all talk about is abortion and guns. Right. I'm like, right. actually, we don't. Right. Mm -hmm. It's all the press talks about. Right. Right. You know, we do the work. Right. We're, we're working on right. a lot of legislation. Yeah. And occasionally we open the paper like, oh, that committee must have talked about abortion because I have other committees I'm working on. Mm -hmm. You know, is that you, you've, you've been around um, politics a, a long time, Governor, um, thankfully. Uh, Quentin Kidd at CNU calls, not to blend the polling out apparatus of, of Virginia here, uh, both credible and good for the, the Commonwealth. He says Virginia is a moderate state. Mm -hmm. Has it always been a moderate state in your opinion? No, I don't think so. Uh, it was a conservative state and it started off as a conservative state. When you consider the origin of Virginia being well known through Carter Glass and F. Byrd Sr. They prided themselves on being a, a conservative state, conservative to the extent of not doing any more than you need to, to, to do. It's keeping government small. Uh, you got to look to see the people who served in Congress were to be serving uh, for short periods of time, mostly during the summertime. Uh, uh, the shortening of the periods of, of, of the meeting. The legislature was meeting what? Once every two years, uh, rather than once every now two years, and now they were, the days were shortened, 60 days and 30 days, and if you wanted longer than that, you had to fight for it. And so that, that whole purpose was then to allow a few people to make the decisions for all. Exactly. So when it was envisioned to open it and widen it to allow more opportunities, that has been, in my judgment, misplayed. Oh, okay. Yeah, because... There are too many people now, too many sessions. <laughs> too, many, too many cooks in the Too many cooks. Okay. Uh, you, 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 when I was elected to the state uh, legislature, the salary was $1,500 a year. We had no office. <laughs> we would get $50 extra to communicate with your constituents. You had no legislative assistant. That was it. So when you ask, was, has it always been a moderate state? No, and that's the clearest example that I can cite to show you. Yeah. It was meant to say a few of us will decide. There were no recorded votes. Wow. You did not know when your, there was no calendar. I know as a legislator, I'm just you, my jaws as a legislator, I don't want to do you that know exactly what I mean. I my mouth would be awful, but I'm and like so ready to jump your and bill would come up when the chairman called it up. Wow. And so we've made great strides. The revision of the Virginia Constitution in 1971 mm -hmm. was, was a magnificent piece to the extent of modernizing right. government in Virginia. So 
recognizing that we have improved, one of the things that we do at the poll is always try to look at questions uh, that we would pose to see how people feel about their government. Do they feel it's being effective? If so, how so? And to not get too deep into the woods of telling people what to say, but finding out what a yes means and a no means and a maybe so. Uh, and, and it's a lot in that maybe so. <laughs> a lot. It's a lot in that maybe so. And that's sort of like the, the, the secret sauce, isn't it? Yes. Um, should we go to a full-time legislature? No. Good. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I knew we'd get along. No. no, no. Uh, what's, what's up next for the Commonwealth poll? What's, what's, what, what, are you, what are you doing now? Well, we'll be back out polling again in the spring. Okay. Um, looking at topics related to crime. Okay. Um, yeah. Also mental health. Okay. Um, and we'll see what else pops up. I mean, one of the things we always try to do is to poll on contemporary contemporary topics. Um, but um, I, I can't speak for the poll, but I suspect that those will be two topics that we will want to include. Well, she says she can't speak for it. She, <laughs> she's the dean. Right, 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 right. His name is on the building. <laughs> but she and I, we, we, we review the poll after, well, we review it before, of course, but we review the, the answers to it and then we synthesize. And, right. and we try to figure out as to whether we find out the answer meeting the questions that we pose or did we ask the right questions? And what do we need to do to improve upon the next poll that we ask? Right. Do we need to revisit something? Mm -hmm. Or do we need to revise something? And let's keep it current. You know, one of the things, going back to the State of the Union, uh, that Virginians probably were keened in on um, was the, uh, the link between, he, was, he, he didn't talk about this, but it was in the, the handouts, basically, is that uh, he was gonna, uh, the president was going to try to cut down on cancer. Mm -hmm. And they was even going after smoking, and didn't really lay out a plan for that. Is that something you would look at the State of the Union and go, "Oh, what does he mean by that? Should we pull that?" Because in Virginia, tobacco is still a very large employer, yeah. especially in Richmond City. Yeah. Um, is that something you would do? Right. So typically, we start off with a large list, right? And so, and we then try to have some themes to our polls so that, and because you can only, you know, you get people on the phone, we have phone, we're doing landlines and cell phones, right? Mm -hmm. So you get people on the phone, they're not gonna talk to you for an hour, right? So, you know, you've gotta get in and get out and ask, and usually um, we have a maximum of about 10 to 15 questions. We try to keep, we wanna be respectful of people's time. So we start off with a long list and then we winnow it down based on what are the current issues of the day um, and then we go from there. Because like, you know, if they were going to raise taxes on tobacco, how would that come across in Virginia? What, what does that mean? I know you have a very, right. very uh, distasteful view of raising taxes on the people. That's right. And, um, you know, as the demographics have changed in smoking, it's less and less a broader issue. It's more focused in certain demographics and localities than others. And mm -hmm. is that something that could be pulled and you take a look at that from a Virginia standpoint, like this is an economic issue now? We could. And and the other thing is that we're able to break it down by region. Right. So we can see, is there a difference in opinion, say, between Northern Virginia and Tidewater and the Southern part of the state? So that's also interesting to see, especially on something like the tobacco tax. Yeah, remember the Youngkin pollster in 2021 said, Virginia is basically four states. Mm -hmm. They're very, very different localities. I mean, they, they're, they're like literally different states. They're so different across the Commonwealth. So seeing that breakout would be great. Governor Wilder, always a pleasure. 
Dean Gooden, nice to meet you. Thank I'll you. I'll see you on the walk around Lake Wellesley here soon. Chris, uh, you look good. It's uh, good to be with you again and hope to be with you a lot more. I would love to do that. And, uh, hopefully we can tell some of the stories that would be very, very interesting for folks. That won't be in the poll. <laughs> <laughs> it ought to be, though. It ought to be. Thanks for joining us on the VIP podcast, available on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Please subscribe, like, and share, and check out the poll at vcu.edu. Wilder.vcu.edu. All right. Check out that poll. Thank you so much for joining.